Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. I want you to know that I Hello and welcome to the Sky U Podcast by the Daily Gopher. I'm Chris, go away you fur. With me this week is Andy, Gopher Guy 05. Hello. And Blake, Iowa Gopher. Number 20, baby. Yeah, what the hell is that? <laughs> I mean, I'm happy. I, I, I don't think it makes any sense, but I'm happy. I just, what, what in the ever-loving? I was not expecting that to happen tonight. I didn't. Suddenly, I'm getting texted, and it's like, we're number 20, and I'm like, what? That doesn't make any sense. I thought I thought maybe there was a chance they'd get ranked. Um, I'd say I'm not completely surprised they're ranked, but I'm surprised the way in which they're ranked and the teams they're ranked ahead of, uh, if that makes sense. I mean, if I saw them getting ranked, which I didn't, it would have been at like 24 or 25. It wouldn't be at the tw- – because honestly, I mean, if – look, I mean, at the end of the day – I, I, and I know, I feel at least, I know I know Blake agrees with this. I'm pretty sure Andy does too. Um, it doesn't really matter. Like, if they win out, great. It'll be validated. If they don't win out, they'll fall out and justifiably so, and it won't matter. Um, but, I mean, if they win out, that probably means they move up to, you know, 10-ish. Well, I mean, Chris, just... Uh, Real quick, hear me. Who was ranked number 20 in the polls week 10 two years ago? Fuck if I know. No it, one's going to know that. Exactly. It matter. E- exactly. It's not. It probably, was, probably was Minnesota. <laughs> Honestly, no, that first ranking, remember, they were, I thought they were 17. I think, um, I think, I think you're right. Yeah. Because because yeah, they they right, were talking actually. about that earlier is what was the what was the highest and undefeated team has ever been ranked and it was Minnesota at 17. Uh, a fate that Wake Forest decided to not uh, take over tonight. So I mean, yeah, I mean, Week Ten rankings—they're utterly meaningless. I mean, Minnesota, for all we know, could lose the next four games, and I mean, obviously they'd be out of the top twenty-five. So I mean, it's—it's it's just something to get outraged, to worked up about for a week at a time. Um, it's just fodder for Twitter or the the pundits on ESPN. But um, I mean, at the end of the day, it is—I mean, I let you want to be ranked. I mean, I'm not going to – if they gave me the option, like, do you want Minnesota to be ranked, I would obviously say yes every time because, one, it's good publicity, and, two, I think it's, I mean, good recognition of how hard the team has worked, especially, I mean, for a team that lost to Bowling Green, which I don't know if you've heard Minnesota lost to Bowling Green. It's been brought up several times tonight on Twitter in response to the rankings. But, I mean, this is a team that easily could have folded after that game. I um, mean, a lot of teams probably would have, um, but they fought back. Uh, they've won four straight games, you know, against – opponents whose quality is you know up for a debate um but they've won them all i mean i hope they continue winning but um yeah it's nice to see them ranked um where where, where they're ranked i mean certainly up for debate a lot of other people get more outraged about it but uh yeah i think it i mean i'm gonna refer to them 
as the number 20 ranked Minnesota Gophers for the rest of the week at every opportunity. Um, so yeah, that's really all I'm going I'm to do with it. I can tell you one team that definitely definitely would have folded. Uh, that would be Scott Frost's Nebraska Cornhuskers. They would have folded if they lost to Bowling Green. Well, what's what's funny is um, they interviewed Bart, uh, Gary Barta, Iowa's athletic director, and I think he's chairman of the committee this year tonight. And he they asked him about Minnesota, and he said, um, you know, that we did discuss the Bowling Green loss, but you know they've they've lost their top two running backs and they're on a four game winning streak. They beat Maryland. They beat, they won at Purdue. No mention of uh, Nebraska being any sort of uh, win to hang your hat on. So it's just kind of a sad, sad <laughs> moment for the Husker fans there. Uh, I mean, ultimately vindicate they'll vindicate it or they won't. And the only way it'll end up mattering is in that magic, magic situation where we're dreaming of a Rose bowl this starting the first week ranked is the most likely scenario to help them be ranked high enough to possibly get them to the Rose Bowl after losing the conference championship game. That's the only literal only situation I can imagine where it matters. I suppose they could potentially rise high enough to qualify for a New Year's Six. I don't see how that happens uh, without beating Ohio State in the conference championship game. And the best part of everything I just said is that that is so many weeks in the future and requires so many other things to happen, including beating Iowa and Wisconsin in the same season, which I don't even know the last time that happened. At the end of the day, it, it doesn't really matter, and it'll work itself out. So, you know, worse things, worse things out there. Uh, Blake, I believe you had a, a couple thoughts you wanted to drop about Northwestern uh, before we move on to laughter. Uh, I just want to say it was a beautiful day. I was able to be in attendance at the game, reasonably well attended for a Northwestern game. Uh, I'll give their fans credit for for showing up uh, for a team that's maybe not so great. Um, better, much better conditions than when Chris was last there. Um, Chris, I believe oh that was God. that was 2017, was it not? 2017, I might have been 34 degrees at most, freezing hard, big ass chunks of freezing rain the entire time, and of course they got shut out. Uh, that was not the best game I've ever attended in terms of weather or performance. On the other hand, I did get to sit and get selfies with Goldie, which is always a positive. I mean, that's always a win. Um, and I, I said the, the highlight for me from this game um, was definitely when Derek, the captain, went in. Um, I was sitting on the visitor sideline, and when that possession started, I think they are coming out of a timeout when he went to the backfield. Everyone, no matter what they were doing, came up to the sideline like to watch the play and like they're meeting and stuff. And all of a sudden like he, this guy goes in and they all start like watching they, and they start celebrating as soon as he gets that first carry. Um, but then the pandemonium on that sideline when he scored a touchdown was just awesome. I honestly thought the team was going to rush out to the end zone and celebrate with him. And I wouldn't have faulted them one bit for it. I mean, I would, I would take that penalty any day. Um, but it's just, it's super cool to see how, how like, widespread it was across the team uh, how invested they were in this one guy um it's just i think it speaks to probably the connectivity or the togetherness of the team but it was just one of those moments you may not see on tv that you could see in person and um just really cool i love it that's for for all the crap that pj fleck gets uh for his style and you know quote culture um most of which i believe is extremely not deserved. Uh, I love hearing stuff like this because it really brings back to at the core of it. You know, these are still kids to me. Like, I don't think people are really 
fully ready to be an adult until they're closer to their, you know, 25 when our brains stop, stop developing or whatever. So these are young, young players who are getting a chance to celebrate together. And that, that's an awesome thing. Laughter though. Oh, Iowa. Oh, Iowa. I'm going to assume Blake that your laughter for this week is Iowa. You would think that, um, I mean, I and I think they've been outscored um, like forty to forty to fourteen in the last two games, and this is was the team that was ranked number two in the country. You want to talk about rankings? This Iowa, the fact that this Iowa team is ranked number two in the country at any point in the season is just ridiculous. I mean, one dumb preseason prank rankings um, wins that or top twenty-five teams that aren't in the top twenty-five anymore, and just this um, instinct or compulsion by voters to say, oh. Teams lose, and this team won. No matter who they won, they need to move, keep moving forward. It's like a little assembly line, um, just dumb thinking, counterintuitive. Um, that that did make me laugh, but I have to say the what made me laugh harder was finally seeing Jerry Kill get the interim head coaching position he's been gunning for uh, since he left Minnesota. So I know he's done. He did time at Kansas State. Seeing if maybe he could slip in for Bill Snyder. Didn't work there. He went to Virginia Tech, seeing if, you know, Fuente got the axe. He could serve as interim head coach there. Didn't work out. Fuente's still there. Now he goes to TCU. And Gary Patterson, in probably one of the most unusual situations I've ever seen for a coach of his stature at that at that program, gets axed midseason. And lo and behold, Jerry Kill is the interim head coach. So, uh, you know, Jerry, he, he tries and tries and tries. And now he's, he's finally got it. So, uh, you know, good for him. And he's 100% not getting hired <laughs> as the full-time head coach is, is the other detail here because the uh, their offense under Jerry Kill has been not great. And the uh, AD is making pointed comments in press conferences about how they're likely going to look for a good offensive mind uh, to lead the team. So... Yeah, I don't. I don't think that bodes real great for for Jerry Kill to be uh, head coach. Uh, okay, Andy, are you laughing at Iowa? I am not laughing at Iowa. Well, I'm going to assume then that that means the laughter is directed at Nebraska. You would be right to think that, but nope. I'm going to completely switch it up a little bit and laugh at a different rival. Well, at least the team that thinks they're a rival. And most of our fan base thinks they're a rival. Okay, go for it. Uh, uh, Saturday night was, uh, I guess it's every other year, North Dakota hosts their gigantic destination game. And so this one, I think, was supposed to happen last year due to COVID. I can't remember whether it got postponed or not. But in front of 18,000 fans in Nashville, uh, North Dakota brought in Penn State to play them in, in one game. And it's not a very good Penn State team. In in fact, the whole Big Ten, other than Minnesota and Michigan, is down a little bit this year. But, uh, yeah, North Dakota brought in Penn State, and Penn State ended up getting a 6-4 win with two goals scored by a former Gopher recruit who played here for a semester before transferring to Penn State, including the game winner. So, sucks to be you, and Hawks. Uh, 18,000 people in Nashville getting all sad because they lost to... Penn State. I laugh. Well, I, I laugh at that. I guess I will be the one to laugh at Iowa um, because, God damn, their offense is terrible <laughs> and their offensive play calling is terrible. And I really hope 
upon everything that is precious in this world that Fleck and Rossi finally pay attention to the fact that Brian Ferenc doesn't game plan for any other team but Minnesota and occasionally Ohio State. That's it. Like, he doesn't game plan for anyone else. And they should probably be ready for him to do something unexpected in the first quarter. Um, separate from that, Nebraska, good God. Like, just fire Scott Frost already and put yourself out of your misery. It, it, there's no need to continue this the, any longer. The well, thing I mean, is, actually, his, if you, his buyout is $20 million now. That's the, that's the catch. Well, I, oof. And it's not like, I mean, it's better for everybody if he stays because then Nebraska keeps losing. But, oh, God, that's right. I forgot they extended him for no reason whatsoever. I, I think the extension came after what, his second season, maybe. So, like, he had. I'm pretty sure that's right. It's just, yeah, not uh, the greatest decision on their part. But, uh, you know, I, I'm okay with it. Well,. I mean, any direction they go, it's basically guaranteed hilarity. So we've got that going for us. No matter what else happens, Nebraska can make us laugh. Um, I guess I, I, before we get to Illinois, I'd kind of like to go to, to basketball. Um, but I'll be honest, I've paid no attention to the basketball exhibitions because they're exhibitions. Uh, and I'm struggling to get super excited for this team because they're probably going to be really bad. Um, and I'm just going to own that, uh, that I'm not excited. Can, I'm, are either of you plugged in to give me anything regarding basketball that could be worthwhile to our listeners? Uh, I mean, I can, I can pretend. Um, I, Go for it. We'll, we'll start with the men. Uh, the men got a 80-67 win over Concordia St. Paul in their exhibition game Monday night. Um if you want to look at the funniest thing, I'm reading off of the box score, and apparently the attendance was 9470, which must include every single ticket sold, given away. I, there, if from from what we've heard from people in the building, if there are more than 1500 people there, uh, they counted everybody five times. But um, the high points for Minnesota: uh, Jamison Battle, the George Washington transfer. Uh, he dropped 24 points, 8 of 15 shooting, 3 of 8 from behind the arc. Peyton Willis, 23 points, 4 three-pointers, 9 of 15 on the night. Uh, they're going to be the two leaders on this team, I think. It's going to be Battle and, and Willis. Uh, the biggest thing is Willis is going to have to be playing point guard, and, um, well, if he gets against anybody other than a Division two. Uh, point guard that could get a little ugly. Um, another thing not so great is the Gophers got out rebounded by a Division two team, forty three forty one. So yeah, that that could be a little interesting as as we go. But um, Andy, I don't know what you're worried about. The Big Ten is not a post dominated conference where people play strong and fouls aren't called and a whole bunch of stuff. Like it, it this is, uh, Big Ten is is a conference where you can finesse your way to everything. Uh, I see no problems here. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, so uh, I mean, we all know it's probably going to be a long year, and we'll have a better idea as, as we get a little bit further into the uh, actual non-conference schedule, uh, which kicks off a week from Tuesday, a week from, I guess, tonight is when we're recording this, Tuesday night, uh, when the Gophers host Kansas City at the barn to open things up. So uh, that may give us a little bit better idea. I saw Sports Illustrated came out. They ranked all 300-some uh 
Division One basketball teams, the Gophers at 141, uh, last in the Big Ten. In fact, they were only ahead of only three other Power Six teams, uh, Boston College, Cal, and uh, Georgia. So, um, yeah, it's going to be a long season, but at least hopefully we can see some, some positives here and there, and uh, we'll get a little bit better idea once we actually start playing Division One competition. Um, I do think we got a little bit better look uh, from the women. Granted, they didn't play a, a strong team each other either, either, as well, but uh, we got a little bit more of a positive look from, from them earlier in the weekend against Minnesota Crookston. Um, Minnesota Crookston, again, Division Two team, not very good. Uh, the Gopher women beat up on them 78-33. They did what you're supposed to do, um, including outscoring them 25-2 to in the third quarter, which is... Uh Got to be a little bit, uh, a little bit uncomfortable for uh, for the Golden Eagles, uh, but Gadiva Hubbard seventeen, Sarah Scalia thirteen, Kadi Sasuku thirteen, Jasmine Powell nine points. Those are going to be your four stars in and out the season for the Gopher women. Um, you know, they're, they're four starters. They're expected to be the bulk. The Gophers have a large roster. I think a 16-person roster. Uh, that cut down to 15 after the news that uh, one of their players, uh, one of their guards, had to have uh, back surgery, and uh, Katie Borowski will miss the season. Uh, but the Gophers still have a really, really deep roster. You'll probably see them go, in reality, nine deep on average. Um, one player that'll be interesting to watch will be uh, freshman Alana Michaud out of uh, the Detroit area. She may have to play a lot of point minutes, and she's young and she's raw, and it'll be interesting to see how she can do once they uh, step up in competition. Uh, just two points in her first exhibition action. But um, Minnesota may need to, to count on her a bit because they don't really have uh, – they're still working and building it up, but they still don't have much depth at the four and the five. Uh, their guards are going to be great. It's going to be in the point where they're going to be uh, have to work and, and try and steal some games. So, uh, you know, Lindsey Whalen does have her team in a, in a better, bit better place. Uh, again, we'll, we'll see. They open up as well against Jacksonville uh, a week from Tuesday, so a week from tonight as we're recording this. Um, and they get a couple of games before they have to play UConn in the first game of the of the women's battle for Atlantis, which, um, well, that that won't be pretty. But that will really give us a test is whether uh, Whalen has this team as a potential, you know, back end top 25, top six in the Big Ten contender, or whether they're going to be sitting on the NCAA tournament bubble once again. I mean... That could be the coolest thing that happens all year if they somehow upset UConn. It's not going to happen, but that would be pretty darn awesome, actually. Um, all right, well, that's, I mean, something to look forward to. The men, they're going to get killed, so I'll just go back to pretending that's not going to happen. But you know who else should get killed, and I certainly hope gets absolutely demolished? It's Illinois, uh, not a good football team. Uh, which speaks very poorly for the state of Nebraska. Uh, Blake, can you just kind of walk us through um, what we need to know in what should be a fairly straightforward win for the Gophers? Uh, yeah, Illinois is a weird team. Um, I mean, they opened the season beat Nebraska, um, and then we lost to UTSA. It was pretty good. I mean, they're undefeated, so I'll give them credit, but then loses in a blowout to Virginia. Um Offensively, uh, I mean, they they run the ball 
fairly well. I mean, not not great. I mean, they want to run the football. It's Brett Beal. It's a Brett Beal, my coach team. So um, they got a pretty good running back, Chase Brown. He said, he's, to give an example how up and down this Illinois team is, he's had two games where he's rushed for more than 200 yards, but in every other game he's rushed for fewer than 100. Um, so it's like, I mean, it's just feast or famine with this team. Um, I mean, it goes on the defensive side of the ball too. They, they rank 78th in the country in rushing defense. Um, you know, one week, literally in a three week span, they gave up 391 rushing yards to Wisconsin, then held Penn state to 62. And the following week after that, they gave up 230 rushing yards to Rutgers. So, uh, I mean, a large part of that was their linebackers too. The linebackers, same linebackers who looked terrible against Wisconsin suddenly looked like real big 10 linebackers against Penn state. And then apparently midnight struck and they turned back into Cinderella and got lost to Rutgers. So, um, but I mean, also, also I the weirdness is this defensively, they, they rank in near the bottom of the conference and rushing yards allowed passing yards allowed, but in big 10 play, they're only allowing an average of 19 and a half points per game. And they've played, you know, I think six games, six big 10 games so far. Um, so I mean, the little definitions of a bend, but don't, uh, bend, but don't break defense. Um, yeah, it's, they are just a weird team, honestly. I mean, they're really like the recipe to beating them is simple. If you can stop the run, which is all they're going to try to do, especially since their starting quarterback uh, is it Art? His name is spelled Arter, Arter Sotowski, but is it supposed to be Arthur? I don't. Art Arter just sounds. Like I don't. A type I've of... always I've always just done Art. Um, so I guess I've never realized he had a a bigger, fuller name than that. That's a good compromise. I like this. so Art Sikowski, He broke his arm in the fourth overtime period of their one against Penn State. So now they've got Brandon Peters back as a starter, who was the starter before, um, but lost his job to Art. Um, so yeah, with Peters under center, they'll just try a lot of high percentage passes. Um, they don't really have much of a downfield passing game. Um, so really, uh, Minnesota just needs to clean up some areas where they're sloppy against Northwestern um, and just be the stout run defense they've been all year long. Um, to get this Illinois offense under control, then for the love of God, don't let Brandon Peters beat you. Because if Brandon Peters beats you, I mean, you don't deserve to be ranked in the top 25. I'll, I'll, I'll say that right now. But, uh, but yeah, this is definitely a, a strange Illinois team. Not quite sure like, what exactly to expect from them. But yeah, I don't think they're obviously not a very good team. But they're a team that I think if you play to their level and make a lot of mistakes and keep them in the game, they can make uh, life difficult for you and end up winning in nine overtimes. Um, so Minnesota just needs to not do that, and I think they should be okay. It feels like you're saying that they are pretty much unquestionably better than Northwestern. Uh, yeah, I kind of think so, yeah. I think they're better than North- Northwestern just looking at them. Um, yeah, I, that's a, that is a tough call. I go back and forth on that. Um, I know it's hard to, it's hard to say that because Northwestern has been better than Illinois for so long now that it feels weird to say that. But when you describe them to me, I have to go, I feel like they're better than Northwestern. So it's a low bar to be sure, but I mean, they have more, they have a win over Penn state that Northwestern doesn't have. So, I mean, they both have, I mean, I guess Northwestern has beaten Rutgers when I lost Rutgers. It's man, this is really a tough debate. I, I honestly don't know which side I come down on. Everybody's crap. That's what I'm that's, we'll go with that. That's a fair assessment. The Sky U Podcast is proud to be sponsored by Homefield Apparel, the good brand. 
You've heard us talk before about how excited we were to get them as a sponsor. And we continue to be excited because as fall approaches, they have restocked their crew neck and hoodie sweatshirts. There's a Sweet Script uh, Minnesota sweatshirt out there right now waiting for you to pick one up. If you have not already shopped for the first time at Homefield Apparel, make sure to go to homefieldapparel.com and use code DAILYGOPHER at checkout for 15% off your order. It's not just uh, Minnesota gear. There are sweet stickers from all sorts of historic logos across NCAA. Uh, I have a Tulane Green Wave sticker that I've had my eye on that i got to go pick up. Uh, Whatever it is, make sure to get over to homefieldapparel.com, find it for yourself, feel good in it, look good in it, and enjoy every moment with your new gear. That's homefieldapparel.com, code DAILYGOPHER. Hockey. The women swept. That was expected. The men swept, which I don't think would have, wouldn't qualify as a surprise, Andy, but certainly I think was a an outcome that you know is a is a positive one, given that things have been kind of ho hum up and down recently. Um, what do you what do you what are you taking away from uh, a double sweep weekend? Yeah, you know, uh, on the men's side, uh, the biggest takeaway was uh, the return of. 2020 Jack LaFontaine. Um, LaFontaine had, had struggled um, much of the season so far. He did not look like the Jack LaFontaine that won the Mike Richter Award as the best goalie in college hockey last season. Uh, until this weekend, he finally, all of a sudden, uh, definitely seemed to get things figured out. In doing so, he earned the uh, Big Ten second star of the week. Um, you know, Gophers won 4 1 on Friday, um, and then uh, battled back and and uh you know in a close back and forth game uh got a 3-2 win on on Saturday with a a, a late third period goal. So um yeah, it was nice the Gophers you know from one week or all alone atop the Big 10 after Michigan Wisconsin split um their pair of games last weekend. So yes, it's 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 nice to to get a big home sweep. It's nice to get that mojo back. Um it's nice to get Jack LaFontaine playing like Jack LaFontaine, but uh, it gets no easier. The Gophers head to Madison this weekend for a huge series against the Badgers. Um, this is one of those series that, you know, uh, a sweep, another sweep would be massive for Minnesota. Um, just both to both to jump out in, in the Big Ten standings and both to take down a rival. Uh, but they're going to have to do it fighting through some injuries. Uh, the Gophers are going to be down what sounds like three uh, three key players going into the weekend in Madison. Um, Mike Coster, defenseman, is still out with an upper body injury, at least for one more weekend. Uh, freshman Chaz Lucius missed uh, last weekend's games against Notre Dame as well. It sounds like he's out. Um, and and possibly the the biggest one, uh, Colorado College transfer uh, Grant Cruikshank, who's a Wisconsin native, and you know he was really looking forward to uh, being able to play in Madison. Uh, he originally, I think, was com- committed to the Badgers before decommitting and, and things like that. Uh, he suffered an injury Friday night against Notre Dame, and he will be out for another week or two, according to Bob Motzko. So uh, the Gophers will be missing two forwards and a defenseman in Madison, but uh, hopefully our depth is strong enough that we can make up for that, uh, and they can go get the job done. Um, and hopefully they can, you know, get a couple of couple of wins in Madison and and keep things moving on here as we uh, as we move along. Well, I don't know that probably we need to talk too much about the women whooping up on uh, 
Bemidji State. Uh, but, you know, what's coming next for the women? Yeah, they they did get a, a sweep 5-2 on Friday, 3-2 on Saturday. Uh, Saturday's win, the 700th win all time in program history for the uh, for the Gopher women. Uh, they've got oh, that's a, cool. Yeah, uh, they they actually have a a bye this week, so they get the week off. Um, but we do get some uh, some other awards. Peyton Hemp, uh, Gopher freshman, was named the WCHA Freshman of the Month uh, for the month of October on on Tuesday. She's got three goals already on the season. Is sort of uh, leading the way. Um, Gophers are back in action at home at Ritter on the 12th and 13th against RIT, who I think RIT got swept by St. Thomas. So that should be a a, a really easy um, sweep for Minnesota at home. Uh, Realistically, they they probably won't be playing anybody here till uh, Thanksgiving weekend. That should give them any trouble. They get St. Cloud State for a home and home after that, and and the Huskies should be no problem at all. But um, we did see one interesting recruiting battle come down for the women, um, and it was uh, Joy Dunn, who uh, you may have heard of her sister Jinsey, who played for the U.S. Olympic team, was a star at Ohio State. Uh, and she has a another older sister uh, in Josie Dunn, who's a current Minnesota sophomore. Uh, Joy, arguably, is potentially the best one yet. Um, she, unfortunately, uh, announced today that she will be committing to Ohio State and following in, in Jinsey's footsteps. Uh, Decent-sized recruiting loss for Brad Frost um, and... So uh, Frost, former assistant and former gopher, Nadine Moseral, uh now the head coach of Ohio State, ends up taking uh, another one away for um, the Buckeyes. So Minnesota has been uh, kind of owned by Ohio State in the women's hockey game in the last 18 months, and it shows no short-term times of turning around. So uh, hopefully uh, Frost can pick up on a couple other recruits who end up being quality players, but uh, this one stings a little bit. Well, in a kind of a better note and tying back to player of the week uh, honors stephanie samaday uh got named national player of the week if i'm not mistaken thanks to a strong performance in the gophers win over nebraska is that correct yes that is correct uh stephanie samaday named both the uh, the big 10 player of the week and the national player of the week earlier uh she had a huge match uh the gophers knocking off number six nebraska saturday night three two at the pav uh Stamid ended up finishing with uh 20 kills 26 digs i think they said that was her all uh career high in digs in 26 huge double double uh jenna wenis the the sophomore from texas really took over 22 kills leading the way uh for the gophers in that game but uh yeah no it's nice to see minnesota battle back um you know they won the first set and then they choked away a 24 20 lead in the second set for nebraska to come back and win 30 28 and that's sort of been the the death knell for the gophers uh you know they they haven't really had the mental stability to fight back but they did figure it out this time uh one set three and then dropped the fourth and then got a 15-9 win finishing on a 5-0 run in set number five so a big big win for the gophers they stayed at number 11 in the national polls this week um but getting that win over nebraska should help rpi wise um you know we've got eight matches left i believe in the in the regular season um gophers trying to be in the top 16 in the rpi so they can be one of 16 first and second round hosts at the pav for the ncaa tournament um 
you know, they've they've got a tough schedule ahead of them. They still, I think, in their eight games left, they've got uh, four or five ranked opponents. Um, that kicks off Thursday night. They head to Columbus to face number seven Ohio State. Uh, the Gophers beat them three one last weekend at the Pav, uh, but that's a big a big match there. And then Saturday night they get uh, arguably one of the hottest teams in the country in, in Illinois who's ranked 25th in the nation on Saturday. Um, Illinois has won a couple of big matches in a row, including taking out, uh, taking out Penn state and Purdue recently. So, uh, it will be a tough weekend, another double ranked weekend for the volleyball team, both on the road. Um, I think if you're Minnesota, you've got to try and earn at least a split, uh, but a sweep arguably would put them, uh, in the top of the battle for the Big Ten, after some after beating Nebraska and and some Wisconsin related funny business, losing a match to Purdue, uh, the Gophers sit in third place right now in the Big Ten standings at nine and three, a game behind both Wisconsin and Nebraska, who are ten and two, and then a game ahead of a huge cluster of teams: Ohio State, Purdue, Illinois, Penn State, all who are eight and four. So, um, I think Minnesota, if they want to keep pace and and especially try and lock down that that first and second round. Uh, home field or home court advantage for the NCAA tournaments. I think they'd really need a bare minimum split, but if you can get a sweep, uh, you're in pretty good shape as you go down the final stretch here of the Big Ten season. Well, last but not least, uh, women's cross country coming up big with the hardware. Yeah, the uh, the Gopher women's cross country team won the Big Ten meet last Friday uh, held at Penn State. Um, they uh, they snuck it out over Wisconsin, and uh, for the second year in a row, it was a, a Haas sister winning it. Uh, Bethany Haas won last spring the delayed twenty. 20- 20 into the fall or the spring of 2021 meet uh her twin sister megan won this fall uh winning the big 10 women's cross country title um so it's a, it's been a good year for for the haas twins uh the gophers nationally now ranked up to number five in the country um and they uh they'll host one more sort of uh non-conference fun meet uh, at home this weekend before getting ready for the uh, NCAA regionals here in a week. Um, the men finished third in the Big Ten. They've now moved up. I believe they're ranked 23rd nationally, uh, which is the highest they've been ranked in some time. So it's, uh, it was a pretty good uh, running weekend for the Gophers. In fact, it's been a great weekend all around for Minnesota, uh, in, starting with the uh, the women as they, they ran after the men, starting with the women last Friday at the Big Ten Championships, uh, the Gophers as a whole are on a 12-match game-meet winning streak uh, between cross-country, a sweep by women's hockey, sweep by men's hockey, uh, swimming and diving beat both Nebraska and St. Thomas last weekend. You had football over Northwestern, volleyball, and then our two exhibition basketball wins. Uh, the Gophers are 12-0 in their last 12 contests, and, and that that record will be tested Uh the first match uh, after that will be Thursday night when the volleyball team heads to Columbus to play Ohio State. So uh, hopefully we can keep it rolling into one more weekend here. Blake, you might have thought Chris forgot about ask Blake a hockey question. I did. <clears throat> well, you'd be correct. I did, I did forget. But most importantly, I remembered before we got out of the podcast. So it's ask Blake a hockey question time. Blake... Can you define icing for me? Icing. Isn't that when you um, send the puck down to the opposite end of the rink? 
that's pretty close, but not every puck that goes to the opposite end of the rink is automatically icing. Can you define what happens to that, that the key differentiator? Um, oh man. If no one's down there, I don't, I don't know. You lost me. I, I got halfway there. I don't know the rest of it. There, there's, I'd point out that there's generally a goalie in the vicinity when that happens. Uh, Andy, you want to help him out? Uh, I mean, icing, the technical definition of icing is when somebody shoots it from the opposite side of the center line down past the goaltender um, with, and they aren't, uh, the uh, the offensive team can't beat the uh, defensive team to the puck. That is technically icing. Um, now, there are times where it can be tipped or there are times where referees or linesmen can decide that the defensive team is, is sort of lollygagging and they can wave icing off. But the, the general rule is if you shoot the puck from your opposite side of the of the red center line and it goes past the goal line uh, without being touched first by an offensive team, that is icing. Close, Blake. Close. You, you were very you, – you legitimately were close. You were certainly on the right end of the ice with your explanation. Thank you. Well played. All right, predictions. Um, I, I'll, I'll go first. Uh, I still see this in kind of the same vein as a Maryland or a Northwestern uh, with a team that, you know, Minnesota could certainly lose to, but shouldn't. And a game where I kind of am expecting or at least thinking uh, we'll, you know, see the, the ground game get, get its yards and kind of open it up bigger at the end as as the time of possession gap really starts to wear on the defense. Um, I don't think it's automatically going to go quite as well. Uh, I, I would say Illinois strikes me as capable of being a little better than either Maryland or Northwestern against the run. So I'm going to say 27 to 10 as, uh, as my prediction. How about you, Andy? Yeah, you know, I'm I'm just gonna stick with what I've been working with the whole uh, the last few weeks, and it's been pretty accurate. Uh, you know, our, our garbage touchdowns by by Mister LeCaptain threw my numbers a little bit out of whack last weekend, but I won't hold it against him. Um, you know, I I see this one playing out uh, about the same way, where Minnesota pretty much takes control midway through the game grounds and pounds and slows everything down illinois might get a late garbage touchdown to uh to try and make it a little bit tighter than it is but it's still a fairly comfortable minnesota victory so i think uh 31 17 the gophers knock off the illini blake what are you thinking there's just some jekyll and hyde aspects to this on our team that make me a little bit nervous i mean like you said in the Bowling Green game is evidence that this team can lose to any team. But I mean, the way they've played the last four weeks, they can also beat any team left on their schedule too. So um, I still think Minnesota wins this game. I'm intrigued by Illinois' scoring defense because um, I know Minnesota Minnesota has been getting better every week and scoring more touchdowns. But I think they may not find the end zone as often this week, um, just as Illinois has shown a little bit of a backbone when they're up against a wall. So. I would say I'm I'm going with Minnesota 28, Illinois 14. I think uh, won't be the blowout that we all want to see, but I mean I think they'll win with some amount of comfort. I think at this point I've given up on wanting a blowout and I'll settle for victories. Bowling Green will do that to you, but uh, I think that's uh, I, I, that feels about right what you're saying. So 
Well, you know, we'll have to find out how right or wrong we all are this weekend. Uh, in the meantime, of course, Blake's predictions will also be a part of his preview post later this week. And, of course, look out for another edition of the Sky U podcast next week. In the meantime, go Gophers. Sky U Ma. Row the boat. Go Gophers. Row the boat.